Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible is chock full of metaphors and pictures, different ways of describing who God is and what the work that he has done for us is like. When you just chart in your mind, you think back, you think of how uh, it describes God as a rock. He's our solid foundation. It describes the Lord as the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We even find things like the Lord uh, comparing himself to a mother hen that gathers in her chicks. There's all these different metaphors and word pictures that are used to help us understand who God is, what he is like, and, and what his work is on our behalf. Well, one of the most ubiquitous, one of the most common images used in the Bible to describe the Lord, both Old Testament and New Testament, is also one that I think is, well, especially enlightening. I'm talking about light. Think of Psalm 27, for example. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Or, of course, Jesus in John 8 and elsewhere in the Gospels says, I am the light of the world. And then in our text today from Ephesians chapter 5, St. Paul especially plays with this image and all of its different facets and characteristics to help us understand how light enlightens the work and character of our Lord for us. And so this morning, I want to uh, unpack this analogy a little bit. Think of some of the different aspects of light and how that applies to who God is and what he has done and is doing for us. And I think we'll find that this is the especially comforting and encouraging metaphor, way of understanding our God in these dark times. So let's take a moment, just think, what are some of the aspects, what are the, some of the characteristics of light? And how might that connect with Christ, with the work of our Lord? Let's start with this. Light exposes. You and I both know this. For instance, if you're going down into your basement, haven't been there for a while, you flip on the light, and all of a sudden you hear some little creepy crawly things scrambling to get away from it. They've been exposed. Or you think of with journalism, with newspapers. If they're running a real in-depth article, they're trying to you know, dig up some truth that has been hidden away. They even call that an expose, right? They want to shed some light on the situation. Light exposes, reveals, makes plain things that otherwise are hidden or, or hiding, sliding away down into the darkness. And we hear the same thing in the scriptures when it comes to our Lord and the light that he shines on us as people. Again and again and again, that light exposes. We heard it in our reading here, as St. Paul says that uh, this Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, he says, but instead expose them. And again, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. The word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord works in this way as light, exposing the sinfulness of mankind. Of course, people don't like that. Jesus says in John's gospel, in John chapter 3, that uh, all that is of the darkness tries to hide away, lest its works be exposed. We have that sense in ourselves. We know the darkness that is within us. So sometimes we uh, are slow to come to the Lord, are hesitant because we think, well, wait a second, I don't want my sinfulness to be exposed. I don't want him to be able to shine that light into the dark places of my soul and of my heart. But needless to say, it's all foolishness. There's no running from the light of the Lord who sees in the darkest places of your heart and mind, who knows our thoughts and our deeds, everything that we have done, everything that we have said. His power 
and his purpose in Christ reveals to us, to himself, exposes us for the sinfulness within. Indeed, even if we try to run or think that we can hide it away, we're fooling no one but ourselves. As it says in Hebrews chapter 4, that all of us, all humanity, is naked before the eyes of whom, to whom we must give an account. It's a fearful thought. And if that's all we had to say about how the Lord is light, it would be a debilitating one. But that's not all. Not only does the Lord and his light expose us, reveal our sinfulness, it also heals us. This is the second property of light. Light not only exposes, it also heals. It has these curative effects. And it's interesting, going back from the ancient world, and the Egyptians and the Greeks, they recognized something called heliosis, or sometimes heliotherapy, literally sun healing, recognizing the restorative, curative effects of light. Of course, any of us who lived through Michigan winters, or those of you who flee them, you know this all too well. That when there's just days and days of, of clouds and we hardly see any light, you can even be um, beset with what's called seasonal affective disorder, sad, where you feel the sense of, of depression, of, of lowliness for lack of light. But just the opposite is true as well, that when we receive that light, it has healing qualities in us. And how much more when it comes to the light of the Lord? This too was there in our epistle reading today that we heard a moment ago from Ephesians 5. As St. Paul encourages us, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is what our Lord would have for us. Again, it says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. This is the healing light of the Lord, or as Malachi says it, the Son of Righteousness who comes with healing in his wings. Seen from this vantage point, the Lord who is our light would lead you and me out of hiding and into healing, away from shame and darkness and into the, the curative power of his forgiving love. I think of back when I was a kid, I was nine or ten years old in elementary school, and one day I was out on the playground with my buddies, and I think we were playing a game of football. And there was a whole group of us there, but I was getting into a little bit of a tiff with my best friend, a kid named Greg. And Greg and I were going back and forth about who knows what. I can't even remember. But whatever got into me, all of a sudden, I just haul off and I slug him in the face. It never happened before. I'm glad to say it hasn't happened since. But in that moment, I just was so upset, so aggravated, that I punched him. And immediately, the blood starts flowing from its nose. All the other kids look at me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Ryan did that. And I myself, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Greg just looks at me. He's totally shocked and stunned and kind of embarrassed, actually. And so when we go back into school, I'm already worried, wondering what's going to happen to me. But Greg doesn't want to speak up. None of the other kids say anything. And so I get through. I, I duck out of uh, uh, that potential trouble spot. But then I get home. And immediately, I run to my room and I hide under the bed because I'm so worried and troubled. What are my parents going to think? Especially my mom. My mom's going to be so ashamed of me. She wasn't home from work yet. And so I'm just hiding underneath the bed. And it's starting to get really uncomfortable, right? You know, I'm getting hot. It's hard to breathe under there. It hurts. Eventually, I hear the door open and the footsteps of my mom making her way around the house. And she's She's calling out, Ryan, where are you? Ryan, where are you? And I just let out a little groan, right? Like, oh, I'm over 
here. And she comes, she stoops down, and she finds me under the bed. And she's like, Ryan, what, what, are, you, what are you doing under there? And for a moment, I kind of hem and haw, but then finally I just spill my guts. And I tell her everything. I punched Greg, bloody nose, I'm so sad, I'm so sorry. And you know, in that moment, she didn't cast further blame on me. She could tell already how heartbroken I was. But instead, she did something way more important. She reached under the bed, she took my hand, and she gently pulled me out from that place of hiding. And she gave me a big hug, told me she forgave me, that I needed to call Greg and say I, I was sorry, but that he would forgive me too. And that most importantly, I was loved and forgiven by God. This is the, the healing light of our Lord, who would draw you and me out from our places of hiding into a place of healing. What are those things that you're ashamed of? That sin that you're pushing down deep into your heart and into your soul, thinking, well, I could never let the Lord know about this, as if he doesn't already, because he would expose it and I, I would never be able to be forgiven. Nothing could be further from the truth. Satan is the one who tries to keep us in that place of darkness, that place of hiding, because he knows that when that sin is exposed and when it's brought to the light of the Lord, then it is forgiven, and then we are free. Know that freedom in Christ, who is the light of the world, who is that light of healing. Awake, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So we've talked about how this light of the Lord, it means that he exposes us, shows our sins, reveals us in all of our darkness and ugliness. But he does that in order to heal us, to bring us out of hiding and into healing. Then a third aspect of light, which is true throughout the scriptures, the light of our Lord illuminates. It sheds light on our path. Once again, we have that in our epistle reading as Paul says, walk as children of light. Go forth in the light of the Lord. Or you think of uh, Psalm 119 um, when it, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Once again from the Psalms in Psalm 36, With you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. The light of the Lord illuminates the way before us. And I think in times like this where we're especially uncertain and unclear, Lord, what are we supposed to be doing? How are we to go forward? As Paul says here, try to discern what the will of the Lord is. He gives us enough light for each step on the path ahead of us. He is our light and our salvation. He does guide and direct our steps, illuminates the way before us. But as often as pointed out, he usually only gives us enough light for that next step and the step after that. As one hymn puts it, we trust when dark our road. We look to the light of the Lord that illuminates our way and indeed that illuminates all creation, our lives as his people, trying to, to make sense of the things of the world. I often return to a, a quote from C.S. Lewis, whom I'm so fond of quoting. He said once, he was asked, what is it that causes him to believe in Christianity? Is there something that, that really prompts that faith? And of course, he has many responses to that. But in one succinct way, he once said this, he says, I believe in Christianity for the same reason that I believe in the sun. Not because I can see it, but because by it, I can see everything else. Not because I can see it, but because by it, I can see everything else. 
That light of the Lord illuminates our lives in this world, helps us to make sense of, of who we are and how we are to live. And I think that leads us to our fourth aspect of light. That light not only exposes, heals, and illuminates, light overcomes. As Lewis said, even when I can't see it, I know it's there because it illuminates everything else. And you know what? Right now, it can feel like, Lord, where are you? I can't see you. There's a lot of clouds out there right now. But we have this promise and this assurance that his light overcomes. As it says at the beginning of John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Even in the midst of a, a dark space, just the littlest bit of light, even a, a single candle, makes all the difference. Just that little bit of light is able to dispel the darkness and tells that never will it separate us from the light of our Lord. That is the promise and the assurance that you and I have right now. That Christ, who submitted to the darkness of the grave for you and for me, whose life was eclipsed by our sin, by the power of Satan, it did not stay that way, but his light, the sun, shined and rose again on the third day. Because his light is inextinguishable, it will never be put out. You and I can have that confidence and assurance that no matter how dark it might appear, no matter how cloudy these days are, still we know that Christ has the victory. His is the light that no darkness can overcome. We'll never be able to topple it, but even the littlest glimpse and glimmer of his shining brightness and beauty is able to dispel it eternally. Friends, in these dark times, take heart knowing that you belong to Christ, who is the light of the world, and share and shine his light for your neighbors as they are in need and dwelling in darkness and in the shadow of death. Let us be light, even as he is our light. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.